Well, the last uh, two or three Sundays, we've been looking at Psalms chapter 51. And uh, the last time we looked at verse 7, about the psalmist asked that the Lord would purge him with hyssop. And he shall be clean. If the Lord cleaned him with hyssop, then he would be clean. And and, uh, he would be whiter than snow. So we we talked about that last week. So this week, I'd like to move on to verse 8. Psalm 51 and verse 8 says, Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. So there's a lot in this little, uh, this little verse. I'd like to talk about hearing. He's asking the Lord to make him to hear. And I would like to talk about what he wanted to hear, which was joy and gladness. So has the Lord made you to hear? Has the Lord made you to hear and see the joy and gladness? And then it says that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. So has your bones been broken and as he has calls us to hear calls us to hear joy and gladness then the result the bones which he's broken shall rejoice so has this happened to you is this happening to you so that's what we'd like to spend our time on this morning Uh, first he said, they'll uh, make me hear. And I know <clears throat> a religious world doesn't believe that God makes you do anything. Everything is according to your free will. And, you know, they can read things like this, and clearly we see it's God. He's asking God to make him to hear because if it's just a matter of his decision or his choice, then, well, okay, what well, here? And we can talk to people, and you can have this discussion, and you'll get so far, and then they'll say, but we know we got to have free will. Well, why do, we, why do we know we have free will? Free will doesn't fit. Well, there is a free will. But is it of God, or is it of man? Who is in control? So, I'd like to talk about, does he, has he made you to hear, or... If you do hear, is that something that uh, was by choice, that you made a decision, or you studied so hard and that's the reason you hear? Was it up to you to hear? Or, as a psalmist, does he make you to hear? Is that what our prayer should be? And this basically is a prayer, isn't it? Should our prayer be, Lord, make me to hear? And to show that it's, it's certainly, it is that, in fact, you, could, you or I could not hear if he didn't make us to hear. And I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 13. I know we read it a lot. We refer to it a lot. But in, and everyone here would, would understand this, but in case some are listening, by the way of recorded message, I'd like to go ahead and look at this. Matthew chapter 13, and it's talking about hearing and talking about seeing. And uh, 
this is a time when the disciples asked the Lord this question because the Lord was speaking in parables and his disciples could see, well, they don't understand what he's saying. Sometimes they may get riled up or something. So they asked the Lord a question. They, they understood what he was saying, but they saw, Lord, these people don't understand what you're saying. So uh, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 10, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Disciples, they could understand, well, these people... You know, they don't understand what he's saying. You know, I could just hear Peter say, well, Lord, just, just spit it out plainly. And he answered and said unto them, now this is a verse of scripture as we read this. I don't think I've ever heard anybody read it on television or radio because they don't. This is one of those pages that's probably not worn very much in most people's Bibles. So listen to his answer to him. Now this answer is not mine. This is from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what he had to say. Verse 11, he answered and said to them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So this mysteries and this hearing, it's either given or it's not given. Verse 12, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more uh, abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables. He's going to answer the question. They ask a question. I understand why they'd ask a question, but he's going to answer it. And, and my question to you is, are you going to believe the Lord's words and his answer? Or are you going to enter into judgment with the Lord? Well, I, I don't agree. He shouldn't have done this. Well, I don't think anyone will consciously do that. But let's read on. 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear. And shall not understand. And seeing he shall see. And shall not perceive. So what he's saying. They have physical hearing ears. And physical seeing eyes. But they really don't see. And they really don't understand. Spiritually is what he's saying. Verse 15. For this people's heart has become gross. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. This is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I speak in parables, so they will not see, they will not hear, they will not understand. They will not be healed. They will not be converted. That's the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 16. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So if you can see and hear, your eyes and your ears are blessed. 
Can you see why the psalmist says, Lord, make me see, make me hear? Because that's the only way. We'll, we'll have these physical eyes, which will dim as we get a little older, and our physical ears will dim as we get a little older. But the spiritual eyes, we'd ask him that he would cause us to hear, cause us to see, cause us to understand. That should be our prayer uh, every time we assemble. Or every morning when you wake up or whenever your prayers are. Uh, I, I mentioned Brother Doug, member of the church in uh, New Testament church in, in Huntsville. He's since going to be with the Lord. But whenever I would be there and, and he'd lead to singing and he would always say, I trust you come this way this morning with a prayer on your heart. And that always hit me, Helen, because... I'm embarrassed to say how many times I would go and not have that prayer in my heart. But we should go, Lord, cause me to hear, cause me to see, cause me to understand. So when he says that in verse 16, blessed are your eyes, for they see and your ears, for they hear. Don't take it for granted. And then in verse 17, for verily I say unto you <clears throat> that many prophets... And righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them. And hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. So, when the psalmist said, Lord, make me hear. That should be our prayer as well. And if you want to pray for better physical hearing and better eyesight, that, that's okay too that we can study and so forth. But the spiritual, what's more valuable? What's, what's eternal? So this should be on our heart as the psalmist says, Lord, make me hear, cause me to hear. If he doesn't, because we can see here, it's a gift. If he doesn't, we won't see and we won't hear and we won't understand. Deuteronomy chapter 29, going back to Israel back here. <clears throat> Uh, a time of not hearing. Deuteronomy 29 and uh, starting in verse 2. And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, Ye have seen <clears throat> that, the Lord, or, that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, and to Pharaoh, and to all his servants, and to all his land, <clears throat> the great trials which thine eyes have seen, the signs, and those great miracles. Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear unto this day. Now, so why didn't some see and hear? Well, the Lord hadn't given them those eyes and ears and understanding. But I think of this. I watched the movie, The Ten Commandments, several years ago with uh, Yule Brenner, whatever. It's been many, many years ago. And there's been other ones, I guess. And, and, and I just, in my mind, I, I still see where Hollywood created as they went through that Red Sea. 
and the water is up on both sides. Now, I'm sure, I mean, I know Hollywood couldn't do it justice, but just for me to see that, and I've told you a story about this little boy, little Johnny, his teacher was telling him in school, he said, well, said, uh, it wasn't much for the Lord to uh, park those waters there. That was up on the northern part. It was only about knee deep anyway, so that wasn't much of a miracle. Little Johnny says, wow. You've all heard the story, but she says, well, wow what? What a miracle that the Lord could drown all Pharaoh's army in knee-deep water. So, but Israel saw this. They didn't watch the movie Ten Commandments. They were there. They saw that water part. Moses held that staff out there. And they saw that water part. And they walked through with, with their, their cattle and everything they had. And they got to the other side. When the last one came out, they turned to look back. Here's Pharaoh's army coming after them. And the Lord closed the water on top of them. They saw that with their physical eyes. I see it on television. I'm still amazed. And, and, but they saw that with their own eyes. So then they go over here in the desert. And... Uh, Moses goes, the Lord tells Moses, goes up in the mount. And what did they do? The Lord brought them out of bondage with a miracle that we can't even imagine. And what did they do over here? They made a golden calf. I think it's in Nehemiah. It says they appointed captains to go back into bondage. Unbelievable. I mean, they've got eyes, physical eyes and ears they can see, but they couldn't understand, could they? And I think, how could Israel do that? How, how could they go make that golden calf and, and point captain and say, no, take us back down to Egypt, take us down into, into bondage? How could they do that? And then as I'm, I guess, ending my judgment against Israel... Then I look in the mirror. How could I be worried or concerned about something? Knowing the Lord is in complete control. Yet, I do. Maybe not as long as I used to. Maybe, and sometimes I think, well, okay, now I see, you know. But first thing you know, I need to be taught again. So, there are times, uh, certainly, that we uh, are... Uh, not happy with the way things are and kind of forget. The Lord's in control. All things are working together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. But here we see Israel. <clears throat> he says, I they saw all these miracles and everything. But uh, no, let's just go back down to Egypt. They even told Moses, Wasn't there enough graves in Egypt? We had to come out here to die. They didn't see, did they? Didn't hear. He hadn't given them seeing eyes and hearing ears. Neither has he the world today. Proverbs says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord had made even both of them. Physically, we understand that, don't we? The baby's born and so forth. But spiritually, 
he also does. And Rhonda, I think of, think of you and eyesight and, and the things you've gone through. And I've, I've often thought, if I had to lose some senses, you know, gosh, I'd hate to lose my eyesight. You know, studying, reading, seeing nature's beauty and everything. But boy, how much more valuable is our spiritual eyesight. Our physical eyesight, we can see joy and gladness. But our spiritual eyesight, that we can see this, and the salvation of the Lord, uh, what, a, what a gift, and it is a gift. What a gift, what a blessing. So when our psalmist said, Lord, uh, calls me to hear, that's what our prayer should be, that he, he would continue to cause us to hear and see his word and his truth. Calls me to hear <clears throat> joy and gladness. Now there's people with physical eyes and physical ears, much better than mine, read this book much better than I do, but they don't see, they don't hear, they don't understand because he hasn't given them the spiritual eyesight or spiritual ears. But the psalmist says, you know, calls him to hear joy and gladness. Uh, so what in particular would he be looking for at this time? What would be joy and gladness? Well, we've, we won't go back, but as we studied the Psalms, he asked for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. He asked for cleansing. He asked for, uh, he acknowledged that he was a sinner. Uh, he acknowledged that he was a sinner even from birth. And he asked that he'd be purged and cleansed and made whiter than snow with, with hyssop. So that's what he was asking for. And then he says, Lord, cause me, cause me to hear joy and gladness. So if we look what he was, uh, what was on his mind, what he was uh, asking for, what he was thankful for. So if the answer would come back, he asked for mercy. If the answer would come back, yes, I will have mercy on you. Wouldn't that be joy for his ears? Yes, I will make you whiter than snow. Wouldn't that be joy and gladness? Yes, I'll purge you with hyssop. And yes, I will make you clean. Yes, I will make you acceptable in my eyesight. Yes, you will spend eternity with me. Wouldn't that be hearing words of joy and gladness. Now, <clears throat> that's in the scriptures. Has he caused you to hear and see joy and gladness? Uh, <clears throat> much of the religious world, he hasn't. <clears throat> I remember someone used to work for me and, and uh, sometimes you get just, boy, things aren't going the way you want them. We talked about anger a couple of weeks ago, but just things aren't going, oh, I don't like this, I don't want this. And you think, oh, Lord, just I wish the rapture would take place today. <laughs> and by the way, when we talk about the rapture, 
I believe our minds should be that we'd be with the Lord, not that we'd be escaping something. But sometimes I, I think the other as well. But I'd say, Lord, you know, I hope the rapture would come uh, so we won't have to face this thing. And one person, they would put their hands over the ears, la, 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 la. They didn't want to hear that. Why? Because he hadn't caused them to hear joy and gladness. To see joy and see gladness. That's why. So, uh, we want to hear joy and gladness. Let me just quickly read a couple scriptures. Let's go to, uh, and we can read it anywhere. Let's start out in Hebrew chapter 1. And words that cause me to have joy and gladness. Hebrew chapter 1. And uh, we'll just read the first three verses here. God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Let me pause there. Something I didn't bring out earlier. But said, now he speaks to us by his Son. Back then it was prophets and so forth. <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 13... We read some of the words that were spoken to us from the Son. About some could not see, some could not hear. And he spoke in parables for the purpose that they would not see, they would not hear, they would not be converted, they would not be healed, they would not understand. So that's words from the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make you hear joy and gladness? Some people says, I can never serve a Lord like that. And until he opens their eyes, they're not. So when you look at that, you say, well, how could you hear joy and gladness when the Lord specifically spoke in parables so that some would not see, hear, and understand? How could that be joy and gladness? Because I'm one of them. He gave me the gift of sight and hearing. And I see joy and gladness because I see if he didn't make me to hear, I would never hear. So spoke to us and, and, and makes us hear those words. Uh, continuing on here in verse 3 of Hebrew. Who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. And listen to this. When he, by himself, purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I hope when you read this, that it brings joy and gladness to you because you see and you hear says he <clears throat> sat down in the right hand of the majesty on high. Probably getting ahead of myself. And I don't know. Different people have different feelings on prayer and so forth. Maybe different times of the day or different times of the night. And I'm going to say this is just me. It's not a, this is not 
a writer or the way to do things. I'm just telling you for me, when I go in prayer, in my mind, I, I have this visual thing. And I picture a big throne of God. Now, I don't, I don't picture faces or figures or anything like that. Just I, I picture this big throne and light and a presence. When I go to pray, that's kind of what comes to mind. And then on the right hand of that throne is another throne. And who's seated there? It says, uh, had purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So on the right hand of the Father, <clears throat> I see another throne. And I see a presence. No, I don't see details. I see more light. But I have this feeling of this throne of might and majesty and a sovereign God. And in his right hand, the Son, who purged and cleansed by himself my sin. So whenever I go, again, I'm not telling you how you, you have to visualize this. I'm just telling you what I visualize. So whenever I go, I see this throne, and I see on the right side another throne. I always approach it from that right side through the sun. Now, just for a moment, visualize that a little bit. You go to pray. You see this throne of Almighty God. And you see Jesus on the right hand that, that tells us here, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down the right hand of majesty on high. <clears throat> so we see him <clears throat> seated here. And just imagine, as I do, that when you go approach the Father, where gratitude or asking, or even asking, Lord, calls me to hear. But I always, and, and if you can, just picture going through this son that's seated on the right hand of the Father. So just picture that that would be the way you would be praying. And I'm not saying you have to do that at all. I'm just saying that's what I do. But let's say you were going to the Father with gratitude, which we always should, and asking as a psalmist, Lord, cause me to hear. So we go, and we see this great throne, light, knowing this is God and majesty. And we're going to him in prayer. And this throne on the right side, nobody there. So <clears throat> would that be you and I going before the throne of Almighty God on our own? So, thankfully, it's not that way. He's seated on the right hand of God, making intercession for us. Uh, he by himself purged our sins. So in that way, we go before the throne of righteousness. And that brings me joy and gladness. Uh, gosh, I see we're out of time. But well, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> Bill, we read just a little uh, bit of this at the uh, funeral and uh, you people here know it and 
And thank God that you do. Thank God that he's caused you to see and hear. Because this is another scripture. The world does not like. And I ask myself, why don't they like this? Why don't they love this? I know you folks, you love this. But, but why do you love this and why do they dislike it so much? Because he's given you eyes and ears to see and hear. So then he hasn't. So let me, let me read a little bit here. Ephesians chapter 1. I, again, I know it's uh, very familiar to you. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Talking about the body of Christ, the church. <clears throat> and listen. According as he, God, that's seated on that throne, According as he has chosen us, his elect, in him, Jesus Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. What purpose? That we should be holy without blame before him in love. Now, I ask you a question. Those that the Father chose... In Christ, before the foundation of the world, how will they be presented? Well, it depends on how, uh, how they live their life. Really? This says it depends on that the Father chose these in the Son. Let me read it again. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. And that's exactly how every one of these is going to be presented. Holy without blame before Him in love. And the in love is because the love of the Father and the Son that He gave His life for us as a propitiation for our sins. Now, people hate this. They really do. I heard a person on television, I've shared it with you before, and I'll share it again. Well, if those Baptists didn't have the book of Ephesians, they wouldn't have anything. And I've told you, I wanted to reach through the screen, get him in the neck, open his ears, pull his ears out. But we have the same thing all through the scriptures. The same thing. But, again, that, those, that same person, no doubt, would have hated Matthew 13, that we read, and we feel blessed because he has given us eyes and ears. But they would go in judgment. Well, it's not fair that he would call some not to hear and not heal them, not convert them. They would enter in judgment with the Lord. I pray that you don't look at it that way. I pray you look at the other side. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you've given me eyes and ears and chosen me in Christ before the foundation of the world that I would be Presented wholly without blame before him in love. And we'll read another verse or two. Having predestinated. And there's a word that's, that's hated. I've shared with you before. I <clears throat> had uh, some problems with my vocal cords and had to have uh, uh, surgery on them. And, and they sent me to a speech path pathologist so that I wouldn't uh, I'd talk in a way they wouldn't injure my vocal cords anymore. And so I think went to about eight months, this doctor, and teaching me how to you know, say words and so forth. And said, well, okay, you're doing pretty good like this. And then she said, well, okay, make some phone calls. Let me hear you on some phone calls to see if you're 
doing then like you show me you can do. And then she says, my appointment is early Monday morning. She says, okay, now I want you to start whatever you preach on Sunday night, I want you to preach to me on Monday morning. So <clears throat> first she was very clinical. And then Rhonda just became question and answer. And one thing she said pretty early on, she says, well, I don't know about that predestination. She said, we're kind of stealing the Bible belt here. And she says, it's hated. And I said, yes, you're right. It is hated. But <clears throat> through those eight months, at the end, she said, well, about predestination, she says, I've never heard it like that before. I said, you've only heard predestination from people that didn't believe it, that was criticizing it. So anyway, <clears throat> predestination, hated by the world, but if he calls you to see and hear, <clears throat> should bring you joy and gladness. It says, having predestinated us, the adoptions of sons, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to, according to what? According to how you live your life. According to you doing the best you can. Not what it says. It says, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, through which he hath made us accepted in the beloved. We don't make ourselves accepted. We can't make ourselves accepted. That's why this is called the good news. We often call this the good news. Why? It's good news because we couldn't make ourselves acceptable, but he does. And who we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Here's that according to again. According to you accepting, according to you believing, according to you being baptized, according to you living above as many laws as you can. It says, according to the riches of his grace. Grace, as you know, is an unmerited favor of God. It's not a paycheck. I heard one person <clears throat> one time on television tell all these things you do, and when you go to the pearly gates, God owes it to you to let you in. So that means God's indebted to you. But this says, it's not according to your works. It's according to his grace. It's an unmerited favor. It's a gift. That's what it's according to. The world doesn't see it that way, do they? Well, it looks like my time's expired. Uh, we might take this up again because we, <clears throat> <me. coughs> we didn't get finished with it. But maybe this week you can look at it uh, when it says, make me hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. So has he broken your bones and can they rejoice? May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.